What are the benefits of remote monitoring and control? And how is one environmental consulting and contracting firm utilizing RMC to enable clients to work smarter and play harder? In this episode, we hear the trials and successes of a landfill gas flare management project, mapping sites in 3D with drones, stories about engineers without borders in Honduras, cool ways to use ignition perspective, and tips for enhancing social media through video production. This is Inductive Conversations with Justin Reese speaking with our guests, Dave Hostetter and Philip Carrillo from SES Engineers. Hello and welcome to Inductive Conversations. My name is Justin Reese. I'm the Integrated Program Manager here at Inductive Automation. And we are here today with Dave Hostetter and Philip Carrillo from SES Engineers. Dave, Philip, thanks for joining us today. Thanks. Thanks for having us. Happy to be here. Well, we talk a lot uh, on this podcast to system integrators. Your company, SCS Engineers, is a little unique because it describes itself as an environmental consulting and contracting firm. Can you talk a little bit about what SCS does and what types of customers it serves? Sure. So uh, SCS is an environmental engineering firm. Uh, we have roughly about 900 employees across the United States. Uh, and we've got offices uh, from the East Coast to the West Coast as well. Uh, we've been around for about 50 years, and we're primarily focused in the solid waste uh, arena. Phil and I have both been with SCS for quite a number of years, and throughout our time at SCS, we've done uh, different things. Uh, my time with SCS started out doing mechanical engineering. That's my background. I'm a mechanical engineer by degree and also by registration. So I started off doing mechanical engineering work for SCS, and as I was doing that, got more and more and more and more involved with uh, controls work. And as that was happening, I was introduced to the work that Phil was doing uh, with our uh, remote monitoring controls group, and uh, things really took off from there. You know, our, our bread and butter is, is landfills. I've been in the, the, this industry for about 20 years. And I've always been involved in controls and automation. And I say in the last seven years, we've seen it explode. There's been a huge demand. Clients are asking for it. And we formed this group inside of SES, Remote Monitoring Control, to service those needs. You know, we've expanded outside the landfills to air monitoring. And we have state parks. We have different customers outside the landfill industry. And uh, it's really exploded. And Inductive's been there, you know, it's the easiest platform, the um, most reliable and cost-effective platform to to get our clients up and running. That's awesome. And I want to mention, um, SES is employee-owned. We're 100% employee-owned, and I think there uh, has a lot to say about the, the individuals here. It's everybody, um, you know, has a piece and, and is is an owner. So I just want to throw that in. That's been part of our strategy for staying around for 50 years as well. I mean, literally, I think a month, two months ago, we celebrated our 50th anniversary. Wow. And it started off by three guys, Stearns, Conrad, and Schmidt. They've all since retired and, and moved on from the company. Uh, actually, Tom Conrad is still involved to a degree. He was one of my first mentors here at SCS and was a great opportunity for me to get to learn from him and was really one of the reasons why I'm sitting here where I'm at right now. But one of the, the things that they did to be able to continue the legacy of SCS was implement that employee ownership. So that it wasn't just being held by three guys. It's now held by all 900 or so of us uh, within the company. Uh, I sit in our Lancaster, uh, Pennsylvania office. We just opened that up here in 2019. Phil is out on the West Coast in Hunden Beach. And we've got our headquarters uh, just up the, the road, so to speak, from Phil in uh, Long Beach, California. I spent three or four years in our Reston, Virginia office. 
Uh, it's one of our other large offices. It's on the East Coast, just up outside of Washington, D.C. So East Coast to West Coast, we've got offices all over the place. It, and it fits basically the model of SCS is that we're, we're very dispersed and we're involved in all sorts of different things. So even though our, our focus is in solid waste in general as a company, we do all sorts of different things and we service so many different types of clients, anywhere from like a, a local mom and pop shop, the Hoy up through Fortune 500 companies to local municipalities to the federal government. So we do lots of different things uh, throughout the, the company. And we, as our RMC group, find ways to integrate ourselves with all of the, the different things that we're doing. And we're always looking for ways that we can include uh, ignition in the work that we're doing and finding ways to leverage technology to essentially try to make uh, our lives easier and make our, our clients' lives easier as well. Well, that's fantastic. That was a great introduction to SCS. Um, but what about you guys? So Dave, you want to tell me a little bit about your role there? Sure. Uh, I'm the Eastern Regional Manager for RMC. So that means I cover the Eastern half of the country. I basically work with Phil uh, every day and try to build our RMC group. So working to build our business, uh, responding to proposals, working with our clients and trying to understand their needs and try to help them uh, develop solutions to their problems. Uh, and then I spend a lot of my time as well uh, mentoring our young staff and teaching them all the, the things that I've learned throughout my career. Thank you. And then Phil, what's your role there? I'm the national director of RMC. And uh, just in this last year, we've brought in a lot of staff and um, it's uh, freed me up to do a little bit more R&D and, and new, follow newer technologies, such as uh, we just launched uh, methane drone monitoring. And my passion is with new, t new technologies and R&D and getting concepts to the whole workflow to it to the platform to roll it out to our, our customers awesome so i kind of want to get a little bit of information from you guys about ignition um and one of my favorite questions to ask integrators is how did you first discover ignition our energy division we had so we have an energy division and they'd used it on one of their engine facilities and they had asked us to to work alongside of it and that's what i it caught my eye and then from there I implemented a couple sites and I was surprised how, how quickly and easily I could develop a system and how cost effective it was. But I think we're going back about six years when I first took notice of the engine facility they, they had that we teamed up with. Dave, how about you? Yeah, for me, it was much more recent than Phil. Uh, and I really started digging into it when Perspective or really as Perspective was being launched. So I had a little bit of experience working in uh, Vision, but most of the time has been spent uh, working in perspective and kind of cut my teeth there. Uh, we rolled out one of the first, what we believe one of the first uh, perspective projects. It was actually launched back when it was in demo and it was a full production system. It was running a, a site where we've done a, a lot of work since then. Okay. So you go back to the early days of perspective, not necessarily the early days of inductive automation. Yeah. Great. So before we get into the main content of this interview, um, I want to mention that SCS is a premier integrator uh, since November 2019, I might add. Can you tell me a little bit about that status and what it's meant to SCS so far? So for us, it means that it's it's opened an entire uh, new door of opportunities. Uh, since we became the premier integrators back in November, we've gotten a number of calls uh, from clients that we wouldn't have gotten calls from before. Uh, they found our name on Inductive's website, and uh, we've been able to do some work for some really great clients uh, because of that. So it's opening a, a new set of doors. And for us, really, what it means is that Ignition is at the front of our minds as we're developing solutions. So it's the thing that we lead with. 
uh, to our clients that uh, when they come to us with a, a problem, it's the, the first thing that we think of, okay, how can we involve a clinician in this? How can we include this other technology in something that we're doing? How can we really try to make everything work together? And that's one of the great benefits that we see to clinician is that it's a platform that we can use to combine lots of different things. We can pull data in from this system. We can pull data in from this system. We can make this, talk to that, and then really spin it all up in one environment. And there's just so many nice canned features within Ignition that allow us to be able to do that for a relatively cheap cost as well. That's excellent. Yeah, it's, it's great to have you guys on as, as premier integrators. So I just want to throw that out there. Love working with uh, teams like you guys. Yes, thank you. Yeah, and I want to add that um, we're honored to get the premier integrator um, to come with a lot of opportunity. We've had a lot of uh, organizations reach out because of that premier integrator uh, title. So thank you guys. Yeah, of course. I mean, I would love to hear anything that you have to say about like uh, the an increase of people reaching out. I can give one most recent example that we had somebody call us from the, the center part of the country that uh, they were a rep for one of Ignition's uh, partners, uh, solutions partners. And they didn't have systems integrations experience, but they had clients that needed system integration help. So Phil and I got on a call uh, with this group of people uh, last week and uh, we're starting to patch together a, a partnership that uh, they'll provide the products, we'll provide the systems integration services, and we'll hit the ground running. That's fantastic. Yeah, that's good to hear. That's exactly what we want to have happen with our integrator program and the premier status. So well done, guys. Thanks. So uh, you guys mentioned you're a uh, RMC specialty group, um, and that's something I'm actually really interested in, uh, remote monitoring and control. And I know um, you guys have had a, quite a bit of experience with that. Can you tell me some, what are some of the key benefits of RMC and some of the successes you've had with it? Well, I'll first start out. We started the group because historically SCS didn't have um, controls or integration experience. And we, we used to historically subcontract out this work. And uh, when I came on SCS, I noticed because of my controls background and, and computer uh, science background that I was asked to do a lot of this integration. It was only a fit that we, we started getting more and, was more and more of this work. So we started the group based upon the, uh, the demand. And I'd say some of the key benefits that we really see to RMC systems are that they improve uh, the quality of life for the people that are using the system. And it's just kind of seen throughout the, the other things I'm going to talk about here. Uh, it enables the, the clients, uh, typically engineers, operators, uh, owners of the system, uh, to make smarter decisions by giving them more data and then also giving them the tools to be able to analyze that data. Uh, in the past, like Phil was talking about, there was data that was coming in, but people were looking at it in spreadsheets and had to create graphs of different things and uh, all sorts of manual reporting. Um, but through Ignition, we've really been able to automate a lot of those processes and allow people to be able to, again, work smarter rather than harder. One of the other key benefits related to that is that Ignition and the, the systems that we set up enables people to be more proactive rather than reactive. So one of the examples that I like to give uh, clients with this is that if you got a, a high level in a pump station, that in and of itself may not necessarily be a problem. It's, it's a small problem if it is a problem. But if that high level uh, stays there and stays unacknowledged and nobody does anything about it, the liquid level is probably going to continue to go up and up and up and up and up. And over time, that pump station will overflow. When that happens, that's a, that's a significant issue, especially in the environmental industry. You can start to get fines and public's upset and all sorts of bad things start happening. So if we, if we have an ignition system there, uh, we can send out alarms. We can make sure that it's showing up as a KPI on the dashboard. 
And it, it really makes sure that this small issue stays as a small issue and it doesn't precipitate into something much larger. And then one of the other really key things that we try to do with all of our RMC systems uh, with Ignition is that we, we want to try to reduce operations and maintenance costs. Throughout the environmental industry and throughout many industries, there's so many things that are done manually. People are going out there with clipboards, they're writing stuff down, uh, they're producing manual reports, they're taking manual samples on things. They're taking data that was collected automatically and then doing some post-processing stuff on it manually to, to create reports or to visualize different things. So as we're approaching a project, we'd like to try to uh, think about all the different things that are being done manually and try to come up with ways to produce those things automatically. So one of the great examples I like to give of this is that uh, we've been working with a client now for three or four years. SES's experience with this client goes back much further than that. And one of our, our engineers was talking with me and said that they were uh, working with this client and uh, the client was spending roughly about $1,000 a day uh, doing some activities on the site uh, for regulatory purposes. So they said, why don't we try to come up with a way that we can automate this process? So we put together the solution, and the solution now basically uh, monitors a, a, a number of locations around this facility, and it collects all that data, uh, pushes it into Ignition, and then uh, we use Ignition for the HMI, for the alarming, for the data queries and all that. Um, and then the, the real purpose uh, that the Ignition uh, system provides in, in this circumstance is that it produces automatic reports every day. So every day at 7.30 in the morning, uh, the site has an automatic report that's generated that summarizes uh, what was happening uh, over the, the previous 24 hours. And this report goes out to us, it goes out to the client, and it also goes out to the regulatory agency. So the client is just being completely open and saying, hey, look, this is what's going on. Uh, and it's, it's been a real big win for us and for the client and also for the, the regulatory agency because there's a lot of transparency that's going on with it. And for the client, they were able to take this big expense of $1,000 a night. Uh, they spent roughly $90,000 or so on the system. And because of that, uh, they were able to offset that $1,000 a night cost and essentially pay for the system in about three months. So it's been, again, a real big win for, for all of us. Thanks for that answer, Dave. But with the COVID-19 situation, it seems like RMC is more important than ever. I would assume that you're seeing a, quite a bit more requests for that. How's that looking for you? Definitely. Um, I, I think me and Dave have similar experience, but I'll talk about mine first. So um, my clients are relying more on the remote monitoring control of their facilities. They're at home. They're not on site anymore. And, you know, when this first happened, we were getting uh, adding users, adding more uh, more of the clients on there. And then... Throughout this, we see them add sensors, add on to the systems, cameras. They're looking at these systems and expanding them. So this is definitely, we've seen an uptick in, in our systems. Yeah. And one other thing, um, on landfills, there's an open face where they're disposing of the trash. And um, a lot of the clients are saying that none of, no manual, uh, none of the technicians can go in this uh, area now. We have a fleet of drones with uh, tunable lasers. They're looking for methane. And there's been a lot of requests. We're going out there, we're flying this area. And because of this, we're taking that data set and we're working uh, through um, a workflow to visualize this in ignition. So, and look at the data and analyze what we're seeing from the drone. As we speak, we're, we're developing that. 
Yeah, you guys have talked a couple times about these drones, and I'm pretty interested in hearing about those. So I'll use that as a segue to get to the next topic I wanted to cover. So SCS worked with an integrator called Corso Systems on a landfill gas flare management system for San Bernardino County, um, which won a, an Ignition Firebrand Award at the 2019 ICC. So I would love to hear about that project, actually. Sure. So that was with the County of San Bernardino, and um, I've had this client for about 20 years now. They wanted to upgrade one of their facilities as a pilot. Uh, they have over 28 facilities, and but they had some pretty uh, strenuous requirements and a deadline, a tough deadline. So uh, let's just talk about the requirements. It had to be pure HTML. They, because they're a municipality, their IT constraints are, you know, security is, they're dealing with at the scale houses, there's an exchange of money and security's top priority. And they, they said this platform had to be pure HTML and they wanted to reduce their operating costs. There's a lot of manual reports that have been done uh, one of them is an SSM, um, a facility maintenance, and there was a lot of um, upgrades to sensors, and there was a requirement to automate forms and alarming. So we responded, obviously, um, Ignition was just coming out with Perspective. It was very close to being released. It was in demo, and there was only one option for me was to do it in, in Ignition because of the deadline and the cost and the budget. And, and we teamed up with Corso and, and John Gerback. There was a lot of uh, sleepless nights, but we met the deadline and the, the client was over the moon. We, we met all the, um, the requirements and uh, we reduced their operating costs and we got to implement a lot of new cool technology. One being uh, we put wireless uh, solar powered uh, well monitoring um, sensors on some of their landfill gas wells. We implemented drone monitoring with uh, topos, aerials, and their open face. We're calculating how much trash is in place and giving them a tool to um, to quantify and check their operations. So we do drone flights and they can draw a box and see how much trash is in place, how much dirt they removed, all through this interface that we plugged into Perspective. And one of the other cool things we automated, uh, what we call um, SSM, um, Systems... Uh, Startup Shutdown Malfunction. Malfunction, thanks Dave. And um, so we take the alarms coming off the PLC and we query the historian and we fill out this semi-annual it's completely automated. It gets sent, or you could go ad hoc and create your report on the Ignition Perspective interface. One of the other cool features was automated maintenance form. So the technician, he has a, a form that historically was done on a clipboard. Well, we implemented a lot of sensors. They take a flow meter. It automatically populates uh, real time when he opens up the form. If you have a liquid level, it automatically populates the form. So before these were all, uh, you know, analog gauges, and you'd have to go up to it, look at a look at the level, or look at a, a meter, and copy it down. So any of that, we can pull in from the database and populate this form. Then he makes his observations and he submits it. That goes to a record for the managers to look at, and and they can query him at the end of the month or any of the year, or they can just do them ad hoc. It was a great uh, report feature that we implemented that saves costs, saves time, and, and money at the end of the day. I just want to say the SSM report feature that you put together. I mean, it that is absolutely like game changing here within the the landfill gas industry. I mean, just that piece right there can save days of time, uh, depending upon uh, the site. That flares start up and they shut down a lot, and if you've got to go back over, I mean, it used to be chart recorder data, like the the wheel. You have to go there and figure out when this thing was running, when it wasn't running. You'd have to figure out why it had stopped. So that automation process has saved tons of time with just that one part. Right. Something else you want to touch on there, Phil? 
Yeah, I just, you know, I got to give the credit to Inductive for giving us the tool to quickly develop that, that interface. And, um, you know, I, I can't take full credit. You know, Corso and, and, and John Gerback were there with me. You know, like I said, a lot of sleepless nights and Ignition gave us the tools and the development platform to execute this at the end of the day. And it, it, it was win-win for everybody. And now we're expanding the system to the other other sites and um, you know, all around everybody wins, you know? Yeah. And that's kind of what I wanted to get to next was that I looked at the case study that was on the website a couple of times just to kind of get a sense of what you guys did there. And uh, one of the things that was mentioned was that San Bernardino County then had you do other implementations. And that was, I'm assuming, based on the success that you had with Ignition, with uh, Corso and the rest of your company doing that. Yeah, absolutely. We're I was just uh, talking to the client uh, this morning and uh, we're implementing uh, upgrades to their sites. And it, it's an ongoing relationship. It wasn't a one and done. We're expanding these systems and every upgrade, we're, we're keeping them um, up to date and um, they're asking for more features. Like I said, I can't take credit for everything. A lot of it's coming from the client. They'll ask some crazy requests and we sit down and, and see what's in the budget and time. And a lot of these cool ideas come from the client and we're just implementing them. What Phil just described is basically every single day here that we, we work hard, we play hard. I mean, that's really SCS in, uh, in a sentence. Specifically within RMC, there's just so much collaboration that goes on uh, of kicking ideas back and forth. We're, we're constantly uh, trying to come up with new ideas. One of our control specialists was just uh, on the phone with support today uh, asking about something that we hoped that Ignition was capable of doing and figured that it wasn't, but we just wanted to double check on it. We're always pushing the envelope. Bill in particular, one of the big reasons why we're bringing so many people on is so that we can uh, give fill the, the space and the time to just make everything blow up. He's just got so many awesome ideas. And I think it's one of the reasons that we work well together is that uh, Phil does the, the first of the kind type of thing. And then we take that and then I run with it and spread it out to all the other sites that we've got. So it's a absolutely great team that we've got here. Yeah, that's awesome. You guys, you, from the case today that I saw, you look pretty high tech. I, I was interested in those VR uh, virtual glasses you guys had that you used with the drones was that uh, was I'm assuming that uh, you use perspective with that as well yeah yeah so I'll, I'll I'll talk a little bit about that first of all the um it was a uh, Microsoft Hololens and so we're running a Windows operating system and it has a uh, um, you can run any browser I'd bring up perspective in the browser and you can sit there and touch the screens and it's in front of you it's pretty cool visualizing we mapped the whole site in 3D with the drones so. And we plugged that in with uh, Pix4D and integrated that in. So you can be anywhere on the site and, you know, you can, you can spin it. But um, with the HoloLens, yeah, you can bring up perspective and see the interface we built. And um, we also did a lot of 3D renderings. And I hate to compare it to a video game, but you can run through the site like a video game. Yeah, that's what I noticed. It looked like a very video game-esque. There again, that was the client. It was a request. You know, they a lot of times they can't go to the site and they want to visualize a, a piece of... Uh, the landfill is constantly changing. They're building a man-made mountain and it's it's changing day by day. And sometimes it's easier if they can't make it down there to visualize it through the HoloLens or it's just another way of serving up an interface and it's as, you can get as creative as you want. Yeah, it's been fun for us to take it to conferences and allow people right there on the show floor to walk around a, a landfill gas flare to stick their head inside of a flare. <laughs> You only do in uh, virtual reality. And this brings up a good point. A lot of people, 
you, you can visualize stuff that you normally can't. A flare is running at 1600 degrees and it's, it's so hot, you know, you don't even want to stand next to it. Well, we modeled a flare, um, Justin Stevenson, another SESer, he, he modeled this flare and we brought it in and you could literally step into a flare and look at the burners, look up at the sky, you know, or you can look at a, the inside of a blower and you could, you could visualize stuff you wouldn't normally be able to visualize. Historically, landfills have been a black box. We don't know a lot about what's happening real time underneath that landfill. And we're adding sensors and we're getting a better sense of what's actually going on in real time rather than historically, you know, we're building this model. It keeps getting better and better of landfills and, you know, the liquid levels, the temperatures, the, the piping, and, and it helps you visualize solutions too. Yeah, you guys, I can tell you guys are having a blast doing what you do. It, it, it's fun. Like Dave mentioned, I like going to conferences and people will be like in the middle of the floor just trying to grab stuff. <laughs> you got to rein them in, you know? Yeah, I can imagine. That's awesome. Well, uh, so the perspective model, it seems like it was definitely an important part of your Firebrand award-winning solution. So what are some other interesting things you've been doing with perspective? Phil has touched on some of it. The automatic startup shutdown malfunction reports and being able to do that. Uh, I don't know if you talked about it earlier, but we have an interface physically set up there in a, a panel PC at the flare station. So the operator can stand there out in the field and fill out this form. Uh, you can also pull it up on his phone and do it. Basically, when, as we're building a perspective interface, we're designing it so that it works basically regardless of how you're viewing it, whether it's on your computer or on your phone or on an iPad or something else. So we're, we're trying to make everything so that it's as uh, mobile user friendly as possible. Some of the other stuff we're doing is we're using or creating maintenance forms. I know it's something that Phil did uh, in the Firebrand project. Uh, we're incorporating Google Forms. I believe the new version was AppSheet. Is that what it was, Phil? That's correct. So integrating different software platforms into this, even beyond that. Uh, with our drones, we're uh, integrating Pix4D, which is one of the drone uh, processing services. Uh, and then we're building a lot of uh, custom data analysis tools in perspective as well. So it kind of gets at the heart of what we were talking about before is that we're trying to make uh, the owner and operators and engineers' lives easier. So giving them tools to be able to analyze the data and make smart decisions with all the data that's being collected. One thing I might add is uh, we've had customers with existing databases and data sets, and we can very easily create an API and interface with those. It's seamless, and it saves us a lot of time, saves the customers a lot of time. And we find it, it's, it's I hate to use this word plug and play, but it's very close this the startup is very minimal in deploying to other databases. That's great. Phil, can you tell us a little bit about the mobile forms and where you guys are going with those? So um, we get a lot of requests from our clients to fill out forms on phone or the tablet in the field. So we first started using uh, integrating with Google Forms and we, we got led to Google Sheets. Google pur purchased AppSheet and we found it very easy to integrate with Ignition and Perspective the, the back end. So the user takes AppSheet, we, we create the forms, that data goes to the database, and then the user comes on our Ignition Perspective dashboard, and they can query, they can graph it, they can set alarms, and we can that data can now play with the machine-to-machine -machine and automated and PLC data. So forms is that arena is really taken off with our clients, and they're coming up with all types of crazy operational depth for the ops teams in, in certain uh, regions, their own technicians do that this monitoring so it's uh, not even our guys it's it's the clients technicians filling out these forms and submitting into the database and where all this data is is at the end of the day it's mixing with the drone data the liquids data the gas data it's all starting to play nicely together that's great anything to add to that dave 
to me, this all just reflects back to really the, the main purpose of RMC and really what brought RMC to Ignition is that we were working hard to develop technology solutions so that people don't have to work as hard. And Ignition is the interface that we found that best enables us to be able to integrate all those things together. Some of the things are exactly what Phil was talking about, enabling people out in the field to instead of writing something down on a a sheet of paper on a clipboard and then going back and uh, entering it into Excel and inevitably screwing some number up and dropping a zero and all of a sudden the million is now 100,000 and you've got all these sort of data interpolation issues. We're allowing them to do that in the field uh, with a smart device. We're just really leveraging technology to lower operations and maintenance costs to make uh, owners and operators' lives easier and to really help the environment that if we're able to stop a pump station from overflowing or to stop landfill gas from escaping into the atmosphere, we're providing a, a real service, not only to the client, but to the people that the client serve in the local community. Right. Yeah. Thanks for that, Dave. Great. So I know you guys are interested in expanding your company's social media presence. What are you doing to accomplish that exactly? And what uh, advice do you have for fellow integrators in that arena? So uh, one of the big ways uh, that we're using social media to try to expand our our group and our business uh, is that we're producing videos. So I've produced uh, one or two of them. Mel Russo, uh, one of our drone pilots, has done quite a number of them. And we found that it works really well because you produce it one time and then you can get a lot of uh, action from this one thing that you've produced. It's still out there regardless of whether you're doing anything with it or not. You can release it on multiple different interfaces, YouTube, Facebook, LinkedIn, your corporate website. And it's just been a really great way to introduce people to new pieces of technology and things that we're thinking about. So that's one of the big things that we're doing. We also spend a lot of time going out to different shows uh, and presenting at different conferences. And there's a social media piece to that as well. I guess me in particular spend a decent amount of time working with our communications people uh, to get the word out about uh, different wins that we've received and different awards. Uh, and then uh, we work with different industry and trade organizations and magazines, interviewed for different articles and uh, helping to write different papers on different things. And is that something that you head up, Dave, or is, do you guys have a whole team that does that? It's a number of different people, but it is one of the things that I do, yeah. We put together probably maybe half a dozen articles a year that we're a part of and I personally present at probably two to three or four or five, six uh, national or fairly large area uh, conferences every year. That's awesome. And the, the one thing I might add is, um, you know, you make a three to four minute video on a concept, say the drone monitoring. And if a client asks you about it, you know, they, they call you up, send me some information. Yeah, of course, we have our flyer, like the, the printed version, but I can send them the video that's showing the drone in action, the deliverables. And it better link to YouTube or a, a better link to, you know, wherever we have it posted and they quickly get the concept. I, I don't know how many times a client calls me up. I send them the link. They call me back. Give me a price, you know, get down here. So it, it's a quick way just to, to convey a concept. And, and, you know, as far as marketing dollars and investment, you know, there's a little bit of production and editing and, and getting it all together, but it just continues to pay off, you know, and I think videos in general are a good bang for your buck. Yeah, especially with what you guys do. That was one of the first things when I saw your your case study that kind of caught my eye was like the cool high tech stuff you guys are doing. Whatever you can put on social media that highlights that, I think would be pretty fascinating. And I actually happened to uh, go onto some of your social media. I went onto your LinkedIn page 
Notice you guys had a, a trivia night not too long ago. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I saw the uh, results. I think there was a number of people in our Western Virginia office that participated and had a good time. They definitely do a lot of fun stuff and a lot of charity uh, events. You know, um, I know that they're they're raising money for um, like COVID food drive, and I know SCS really pushes you know outreach with the community, and I try to instill that in the young engineers and young staff. You know, I personally am involved with Engineers Without Borders and um, the connections I've made with other um, uh, engineers and, and the experiences I've gained, man, it's it's helped SES. SES has gained from just their involvement with Engineers Without Borders. So we always try to push that on the, the social media, you know, the community outreach and, and you know, helping out, especially in, in this time, you know. What is Engineers Without Borders? It's similar to uh, Doctors Without Borders, but Engineers Without Borders they basically operate in third world countries. And I, I was involved in um, Honduras. We did a water project. We did a communications project. In the water project, they used to walk you know, miles to a well just to get a bucket of water. We did um, a pump with distribution lines to these communities to help their quality of life. There were some remote communities that I learned a ton about uh, radio transmission and going large distances with radios and, and, and um, wireless uh, communications. In Honduras, you know these remote communities and orphanages didn't have any communications, and we brought pretty much telecom to them. That was a, another great project to give you an example. Engineers Without Borders is in Africa. They've uh, done bridge projects. It, the list goes on and on, but it, it changes your outlook, especially by engineering. You can't spec out a pump that you can get here in the U.S. You got to get a pump they can get in Honduras, right? Yeah. Right. Wow. And if I can uh, jump on that train real quick, uh, one of the other things that I feel like SCS is doing real well. Uh, is that they've developed a, a young professional uh, group within SCS. And uh, we're really investing in our, our next generation of leaders here. Uh, and one of the things that that YP group is doing is uh, helping out with things like COVID relief. I know they're running a food drive right now. And it, it's been a real big uh, win, I think, for me personally, uh, to be involved with that and to help develop the program and to get to see some of the results that it's, it's provided so far. And then uh, adding on to what Phil was talking about with uh, Engineers Without Borders, uh, I personally have not been involved with Engineers Without Borders, but there's a, a similar group here uh, in Pennsylvania at my alma mater, Messiah College. Uh, it's called the Collaboratory. And really what they're focused on uh, is doing what Phil was talking about, that they're providing um, appropriate technology solutions for essentially third world applications. Uh, so I got to go to Honduras as well, uh, not concurrently with Phil, um, but I did a, an energy audit there for Cure International at one of their hospitals. So uh, we were essentially trying to help them lower their their energy bills so that they could uh, take all the money that uh, had been given to them and really put it to its best possible use of providing these pediatric orthopedic patients with the best possible care. The collaboratory, I mean, it's literally all over the world. Uh, India, uh, Central America, there's a bunch of work going on in Africa. So figured to put in a little plug for them as well. Wow, those sounds like some amazing organizations. That's awesome. I had I had never actually heard of them, so I appreciate the insight, guys. So I want to now transition to COVID nineteen and how that's affected you guys, affected SCS and your day to day jobs. For me, it's fairly similar to when I first started with RMC. That I was kind of a, a one man army uh, with RMC for the first year or two. Thank God that uh, Sam Rice, he's one of our all-stars here, came along and uh, pulled me out of my one-man army status. So thank you, Sam. But uh, I was working remotely and 
during that time, I realized and identified really quickly that I had to be really intentional uh, with my interactions with people that I couldn't just respond to everything over email. I had to pick up the phone. I had to call people. I had to call clients. I had to really be intentional with the way that I was spending my time uh, and the way that I was investing myself into people. And I feel like that's carried on uh, here uh, into this whole COVID thing in, in that um, I've got a number of people that are working for me and I know that I've got to be picking up the phone and talking with them, not only about the stuff that's going on with work, but also just seeing how they're doing on a personal level, see what if they're having any struggles, if they're, obviously if they're feeling well, if they're having any health concerns. Uh, and then taking the time to, to talk with them about just life in general, what's going on, what fun things are they doing. I know Phil and I are both spending a lot of time talking with our clients about work stuff, about home stuff. <laughs> One of the fun things that we've been doing recently has been uh, goofing around with the, the backgrounds in Microsoft Teams. I don't know if anyone's <laughs> played with that yet. So it's it's been a challenge, but I think it's also an opportunity just to kind of change up your mindset, change the way that you are approaching things. Yeah, exactly. Cool. And then Phil, anything to share on, on your end of things? You know, I, I just want to say that uh, I, I truly miss the office. Like, <laughs> I never thought I'd really like truly miss an office, but um, you know, you don't realize working from home that, you know, my daughter's uh, schoolwork and, you know, there's motorcycles and a trash truck and just, it can get pretty distractive. And I'm looking forward to when we go back to the office. That's all I'm going to say. Yeah. Yeah. I had just, I'll just be honest here. I had to, my, my kids got this, this bird, this like small uh, cockatiel. And I was like literally trying to put it in places where I wouldn't hear it during this, this podcast. So I put it out back. That wasn't working. Put it in the closet. That wasn't working. I had to put it on the far end of the garage. Um, so, so Phil, um, I know that you were planning to travel to some industry events to talk about ignition, but COVID-19 has caused most events to be canceled or go virtual. How are you adapting to that challenge? And are you finding other ways to get the word out? We had some um, conventions that were canceled and there's some pretty disappointed clients. And, um, you know, some of the, the organizations have moved their conferences online. I know Inductive has, and that's a great thing. And, you know, trying to get the uh, clients engaged to go to these online um, events is a little challenging. But um, you got to be flexible in this in this environment and, and creative, you know. You can't take the clients out to, to lunch anymore. So you have to find new ways to, to reach out to them. And, and um, you just learn another skill set on communications. That's true. Right. I, just this morning, I was uh, coordinating to do uh, basically a video presentation for one of the conferences that has now moved online. So yeah, it's it's a really all about communication. I mean, that's one of the biggest things with our jobs here is that you, you got to be able to communicate effectively. And I think this whole COVID-19 thing is really just solidifying that, that uh, you can't lean on being there in person. So you've got to brush up on your your phone skills, your, your team skills, and whatever else uh, you're using to communicate with people. Yeah, good point. Well, good, guys. Um, so as we wrap things up here, I wanted to give you guys both an opportunity to say anything else that uh, you didn't get to mention in our conversation. I'd like to thank the support at, at Ignition. They're always there. They're, they're prompt. They jump on calls. That, you know, There's a lot of follow through. So you know, one of the things that I enjoy about um, Ignition is the support and, and the backing. So thank you, guys. And um, you know, SES, thank you for the support and the flexibility to, to giving us the tools and the backing. So very grateful for that. And, thank my family for you know putting up with uh me invading the house and and uh it's a lot to be thankful for you know in, in, this, in these times yeah i want to echo that as well and i want to specifically say that i 
I've worked for a number of different uh, companies uh, throughout my career, and SES far and away is the best one that I've ever worked for. And I hope to finish out my career here another 30, 40 years, or <laughs> hopefully not quite that long, but however long. It really is a, a place that I found uh, that is a place that allows you to basically set your, your dreams and then work towards making those dreams come true. And I feel like that's been reflected in my career here that uh, I had an interest in controls and I wanted to start doing more uh, controls in the, the solid waste industry. And they said, sure, go ahead. So I was literally building control panels in the, the office and a couple in my garage. Uh, and that blossomed into doing SCADA work and uh, our RMC systems and into where we're at now here with Ignition. Well, it's, it's our pleasure to work with SCS and you guys as well. And I wanted to thank you very much for being on the podcast today. Thank you for the opportunity. Thanks, Justin. Thank you, Justin. Yeah, no problem. Hey, listeners. This is a quick reminder to subscribe to our podcast if you're enjoying the conversations. Also, if you have a topic or a question you'd like us to cover, or if you're interested in being a guest on a future episode, then please send your inquiries to podcast at inductiveautomation.com.